0: On this episode of AV Week, Disney is rolling out a facial recognition for customer experience, what that means for the AV industry. Also taking a look at the ginormous merger of Cinex and tech data. All that and more next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What
0: are you listening to?
1: This
2: This is AV. This This is AV AV Nation. Nation.
0: This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 501, recorded Friday, March 26th, 2021. The Red Herring. AV Nation is brought to you by Sennheiser. For over 75 years, Sennheiser has been a leader in pro audio and is now offering a wide variety of touchless and traditional audio solutions for both corporate and educational campus-wide audio. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, Alexis LeBroy from PRG out Eastway. Welcome, ma'am.
1: Hi, Tim. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Also with us, a young man who has a brand spanking new job at Nationwide Audiovisual, my buddy, Mr. Brock McGinnis. Welcome, sir. Nice to be here, Tim. Thank you again. And last but not least, uh, a young man that I haven't seen in a minute. So I finally got him uh, wrangled here. Uh, Derek Junkus from Extron. Welcome, sir.
2: Thanks, Tim. Great to be here again.
0: Thank you so much. Extron is actually one of our our sponsors, so we thank them. Uh, First story comes to us uh, from a thousand different places. We're using a story um, actually from uh, the PRN Newswire folks. Cinex is combining with tech data to create a leading global IT distributor. This deal is worth 7.2 billion with a B dollars. The combined companies will have a estimated revenue of 57 billion with a B dollars. Now, most of you listening to this have some semblance of who Cinex is and Tech Data, both uh, along along these lines. Um, for you, the folks that are that are integrators, obviously you you probably do business with both of those. Uh, for end users, these are a lot of uh, these are uh, big, massive distributors. Both in the IT space and in the AV space, manufacturing, you have probably have uh, both or one of them uh, have, as a client. Alexis, we'll start with you. When big, uh, ginormous uh, deals like this get done, what's the biggest fallout that you can see coming from this? Um, not just you know personnel. You know certainly you know some people may very well lose their jobs. Even though when they do these deals, everybody's like, no, everybody's in place, everything's fine. Um, but besides the personnel uh, issues, what are some other issues that we see coming down the pipeline?
1: Well, well, yeah, Tim, um, I would say right off the bat, I went to personnel. That's that's always what I think of with these mergers and acquisitions. Um, I think this is such a a big merger, you know, in the billions of dollars um, that. I don't know. I think that makes it an even um, more interesting uh, topic. You know, I'd be curious to know what some of the folks um, inside the organization think about the merger, too. Um, We have a couple people that, um, you know, from that that I'm really familiar with who um, just left the Maverick tech tech data side in the past year. Um, So I kind of wonder if they saw it coming.
0: (laughs) Very possible. Very possible. Um, one of the things that, that in, in the shift up, and, and, and Alexis mentioned the personnel, both companies obviously have, have CEOs or presidents and CEOs, right? Um, the Cenex, uh president um, and CEO, Dennis Polk, will become the chairman of the board. The Tech Data CEO, uh, Rich Hume, will become the CEO of the new company. So they're already kind of you know um, making sure that that you know uh, at least the leadership for right now uh, remains the same. Brock, um, Alexis mentioned that the TechData slash Maverick side because TechData is you know part of Maverick, which is a nice, you know, good sized distributor as well. This very may very well become the world's biggest distributor as more and more companies look to expand to a global footprint. What does that do? Uh, does that does that help? Companies like ABI SPL and companies like Diversified and HB and and you know folks looking to expand globally.
3: Well, um, the uh, the global part is is no longer uh, a question or a topic of interest. If you're going to be in business now, you have to be in business globally. What scares the heck out of me, Tim, um, is that both of these companies are. Very important to a lot of uh, a lot of companies uh, in the AV integration space and in the UC and collaboration space. So, if I have say a five hundred thousand dollar line of credit with Tech today, and I have a five hundred thousand dollar line of credit with sinex and I'm going back and forth between them, I'm getting to the uh, them to compete on price for my business. Hmm. Uh, and I'm also using a million dollars worth of credit combined. Did I just lose half of my vendor credit because that is now under all one financial umbrella, and they're no longer competing? And I look at I look at some of our major vendors, uh, like uh, Cisco, for example. Um, Cisco does great business with both of those, and I'm sure that they run hard after one another, uh, in order to max their backend rebates. And now what happens because Cisco has gone from two competing, uh, two competing customers, um, that fuel, that, that really increase business activity for that brand, uh, by, uh, by chasing each other's tails. And now there's only one. Um, so it, it's, uh, uh, it's real interesting, but, don't lose any sleep over those poor executives. I'm sure they're being well taken care of in the transaction.
0: I I, I am certain. Um, Derek uh, Brock mentioned the fact that of, of, of you know suddenly you got one less customer. Right. Um, one of the one of the two gentlemen um, said in an interview, we didn't spend seven billion dollars to sell our customers less. You know, p- sell to sell them less. Right. To sell them less less products. So they're at least looking ahead. To you know, selling more combined obviously would be their their preference. When you look at this, and whether it's two manufacturers or two distributors coming together, uh, or it's it's a you know an acquisition or a merger of of two um, dealers, what does that do from the manufacturing side? And how do you guys kind of transverse and and, and walk um, that 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 path with them as they're bringing the two together? And, and you're you're able to support them, or how do you how are you able to support them through that transition?
2: Yeah, well, in the case here, I mean, Xtron, we kind of manufacture and design engineer and distribute all of our own products. So we don't really use a Synex or a, or, a, or a tech data, although they're two really, really great organizations. So I guess in some ways, um, as, a, as an organization, we monitor definitely what they're doing. And we definitely see that this is another big acquisition that has a lot of private equity money that is in there. And also there's some debt service there as a part of this deal as well. So um, to both um, Alexis's point and Brock's point, I think sort of well taken for me. Um, I do have the same concerns about the consolidation of resources in our industry and the, <clears throat> the amount of places that you know an independently minded, or minded organization can go out into the marketplace and really choose the best solution and make sure they're getting that for their for their clients, right? And um, I would say in particular during these pandemic times, these kind of consolidations put some, you know, uh, you know, maybe unanticipated pressure, both on manufacturers, maybe like the Cisco example for, as well as to the point of credit lines and uh, to the point of risk management. You know, have you uh, have you potentially impaired your business or did you you find a way to to embrace this so that you can find an advantage for your business? I would imagine there's it's not going to be the last of this. I don't think it's going to be the biggest, but it's certainly significant because I think these are two significant companies that have provided pretty darn good services on their own independently so far.
0: Did you just say you don't think this is going to be the biggest?
2: Yeah, I don't think this is going to be the biggest.
0: Okay, $7 billion seems pretty big to me. Um, actually, Derek, I want, I, want to, I want to ask you one follow-up question to that. <clears throat> you mentioned the fact that there's a lot of investment firms in the back end of this. What do you, what's your take on the, that increasing in the industry, whether that is, um, you know, from the, the uh, um, integrator side, the manufacturing side, or now, now in this case, the distributor side, what is the long-term effect of that?
2: I, I, well, I, probably a couple of things, personal experience. Um, it's kind of crazy to think who would want to get into the AV integration business. I mean, most of us are serving a life sentence. So uh, with no possible chance for parole here, I think I've heard someone say before. So, uh, you know, to think that somebody wants to call into this is very interesting um, all jokes aside. Um, I think, uh, you know, getting into this business area, getting into this, this kind of realm is a very, very interesting, right? Uh, there's a lot of things that private equity could go invest in, but um I think services oriented businesses that are high touch with end user clients are probably very, very valuable and very attractive. And also because they have a pretty high attach rate to other, you know, probably tier one companies, maybe like the Cisco's or the Zooms or the Microsoft's and whatnot. So I, I think folks look at that as attractive. I don't think anyone goes into this as an investor with the intention to lose money. Um, I think uh Unfortunately, though, to sometimes make money, there's also, as Alexis pointed out, and you made a great point there about, you know, you think about the teams and the staffing of these organizations, and you kind of wonder how that shakes out. Because it's never as perfect as it seems. Integrating two companies with logistical capabilities like both of these organizations have, there's going to probably be some fallout, I would imagine. There's going to need to be some kind of synergies or else there really wasn't a lot of advantage to bring two organizations together. So think about that.
1: I, I wonder what will happen with some of the smaller distributors, um, you know how how is a merger like this um, in the in the billions going to affect some of the smaller distributors and you know if it, you know if you have a bigger um, buying power or um, ability to negotiate with um, you know tech data. Cenex. Before this, I mean, imagine what it'll be now, and um, the, the the competitive rates that they'll be able to offer versus some of the other distributors. You know, mm-hmm. uh, short term, long term. Um, so I wonder how it will affect some of the other 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 distributors, and will they be partnering, merging with other smaller distributors to be able to compete against this bigger distributor now?
0: Yeah, that that actually, that, and that's the same thing with with, you know, big, bigger integrators versus smaller ones, you know, and then yeah. the
1: buying power that they have as well. Right.
0: All right. Uh, next story comes to us from our friends over at AV Network. Walt Disney World is conducting a 30-day test of facial recognition technology. My buddy Bradford Ben, um, his his the hackles just went up on the back of his neck. Uh, he is not a fan of facial recognition. Um, and it, kind of half the reason why we're doing this is to kind of have this conversation. Uh, for the next 30 days, this is a voluntary Process. Uh, it's a three-step process. You have to go into the, the facial recognition technology test lanes. Um, Disney World says it's to improve the, uh, the the customer experience, quote unquote. At Walt Disney World, we're always looking for innovative and convenient ways to improve our guest experience, especially as we navigate the impact of COVID-19, with the future in mind and the shift in focus on more touchless experiences we're cond- conducting a limited 30-day test using facial recognition technology. Brock, this immediately led me back to my my control and automation days. There's two sides of this conversation, and you can take either one. One is the privacy concerns, right? And as much crap as I give Bradford Ben, he is not wrong. There are certainly some privacy concerns. However, (laughs) there's a reason some people use Facebook, and there's a reason some people use Twitter. Um there's there's a convenience factor here. and there, there is a touch there. There is a, certainly a health issue here. What does a move like this from Disney World mean to folks who are looking to um, get people back into work and they're looking at ways that we can automate some everyday um, you know every, everyday control that would have required touch that now maybe doesn't. And how do we balance that with the the privacy concerns?
3: Um, so I think it's a red herring. Uh okay. that uh I, I think that this is just an excellent opportunity for them to test facial recognition and uh, and use it with masks on, by the way. Yeah. Um the uh the article mentioned wearing masks. So they're they're using some sort of an eye, you know, this is an eye head shape uh kind of a thing. Um they want to replace their RFID technology. Um and, uh, and this is a way to do that. And it's also a way to deal with a whole bunch of other things like finding lost children and finding predators and dealing with, uh, uh, you know, miscreants um, uh, throughout the park. And, you know, there are other societies that are using facial recognition uh, in a policing and security role, and they're using it uh, very, very well. Um, and I, I uh, span... Uh, the diagrammatical opposite um, position on this to Bradford, uh, because I don't do anything wrong. So I don't care if somebody ha- has a camera on me. and uh, and I think that um, I think that uh, you know, yes, we all need, we all need personal privacy, we all need security. We need the ability to control that. But once you're out in public, um, as an individual, your primary responsibility at that point is to the society around you. And if society can use technology to help keep all of us uh, safer from uh, mass shooters, uh, safer from those who would do us harm uh, or steal from us um, or run over our children in, uh, in school crosswalks, uh, I have more power to it, including Disney, because uh, predators and lost children... Uh, are two of their biggest issues
0: very good. Derek, uh, you have a, a, a pretty big uh, hand in Extron's uh, control environment so talk for a second about that or you know uh, if you want to take the other side and the privacy side you know what is this what does this do for the the possibilities in the AV industry
2: um, you know when I first read the article my first reaction was wait, you're not doing this already I think so. And part of me was like, I thought I would think uh, Disney being the organization they, they are they' I would imagine they're probably using some type of people detection or, or facial recognition to some degree, even if it was for their own team members. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess there are some opportunities maybe to automate some things that uh, could make folks feel safer in the park, maybe to complement what, what Brock was saying. Um, like, so For example, maybe it could just make it easier for you to sign up with things, you don't have to interact with as much. You know, a lot of things at Disney all the times that I've been there over a long period of time, you know, the way you interact with things have changed. So maybe this is the next stage of interaction. And then there's the other side of it, too, for me, which is, uh, well, how much, what do you do with all that information that you have about, you know, about the people that you're keeping track of? And how, how is that disposed of and what, what are some of the policies there that have to govern that? There's not a lot of information about that. I wouldn't expect them to share that because you probably, as a guest there, I'm sure you probably already signed some of those things away as a result of being there and being in there at their place of business um, as a guest of theirs. So yeah, I do wonder about where all this information goes. We tend to collect so much information, but um, how is it being processed and how is it being used? I guess, um, for the, for the life safety stuff. Yeah. I'm all for that for other things. I hope, I hope there's, we, Disney has good intentions. That's what I hope.
0: I have no comment on, on that. So Disney is a ginormous multinational corporation. So, um, no longer about the mouse. Um, Alexis, there are a couple issues here with facial recognition, not the least of which, which is they uh, facial recognition tends to be, um, Prejudice, quite frankly, uh, I mean, that let's be frank. That there are several articles. So, what are some of the hurdles or some of the 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 uh, gotchas here when it comes to instituting, you know, facial recognition, both in this instance, but also we start looking at it in the AV space.
1: Well, um, you're right. There's a lot of different avenues to go down um, with regard to facial recognition. First, with Disney, I. I still wasn't clear what it's going to do. I understand they want to get rid of, rid of RFID, but using the RFID, it's already touchless. So I'm not exactly sure how this is going to... Um, Red herring. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, I, it's already totally touchless. Right. So so what is this going to speed the line faster? How is it going to improve the customer experience? I, I That's not clear to me. The other part of it, you know, to Derek's point about good intentions, you know, um, a, a place like Disney is a great place here. I'm pulling my notes back up because I got fired up about this one. Um, a place like Disney is a great place to collect information and data that can be used somewhere else. And that's, I don't know what their intentions are. I, I, I have no, idea. I mean, they, they said it's for for customer experience, but We all know that, you know, just like getting a a, you know, using an ancestry DNA test. I mean, yeah, they're they're collecting the data and then they're gonna use it for something else different down the road if they're not already doing that, right? So my my issue with it is the um the bias that is that's that's affiliated with um facial recognition right now with policing. And I'll give you an example, I'll give you two examples. One is um, so you know um, Dr. geparu who was um, fired, resigned from Google last year because of her. Um, she's a data scientist, an AI scientist. They're their top AI person, and um, she published um, some research that you know they went back and forth about how she published it, and you know on behalf of Google or on behalf of herself, and they didn't like the the, the research. So. Um, One of the things that she said was that, um, you know, uh, facial recognition has been used against black people, you know, policing wise, you know, and that doesn't may or may not relate to Disney in one way or the other, but you have issues with um, uh, recognition being wrong because the programming in general and generalizing it, the programming is made for white faces. It's not for black and brown faces. So they get it wrong, right? Then you also have um, my examples. NYPD used NYPD used facial recognition last summer in the Black Lives Matter um, protest to look at who the people were um, who were protesting to bring them on charges for protesting, right? But, you know, I live in DC we had this insurrection. We had a, a cool uh, attempt, as far as I'm concerned, at the Capitol here in the US um, in January. And I haven't seen anything yet, and it may be out there, but I haven't seen anything yet about using facial recognition to find the people who- Tons of it. Well, let me finish. <laughs> They're asking the public, who are these people? Who are these people? That's that's what I've seen more of. And they may be using it, but I'm just saying what I've seen. This is what I've seen on Twitter. This is what I've seen on um, on Facebook. I've seen them posting pictures. This is what they're showing us on the news. They're posting pictures of the people. And they're asking, Do you know who this person is?
3: That's analog facial recognition.
1: But but my point is it's not digital. <laughs> that's my point is is that it's not a computer who are looking for the people who are doing this to match it up to their databases. Right. And so there is a difference in the policing, right? That's all I'm saying. Um, So whatever Disney's, you know, reasons behind um, doing this and however it's supposed to give the customers a better experience. I don't know, but I just feel like eventually experiments like this data like this it can get into hands who are going to do other things with it
3: right so my retina are in uh uh, print is in your government's database because i need to surrender that in order to get into your country and it's Mm -hmm. in a number of other countries as well my fingerprints collected for absolutely no other reason throughout the course of my life are in your government's database. Uh, as it is. And I don't think that there's a, 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 it's only a matter of time that every driver's license photo um, and every, uh, which which is not a good place for, uh, or a, a good source for facial recognition to compare to. Um, but every passport photo, every, every driver's license photo, and probably every yearbook photo um, it's uh, it's big data and big surveillance and and you know that happened shortly after nine eleven and and to a great extent the citizens of your country abrogated your rights uh, uh, you know to uh, to homeland security at that point um, I just know that Disney's really good at marketing and and if they can figure out that I'm standing looking at Minnie longer than I'm looking at Mickey. And they, you know, they're going to send me something related to that um, because uh, once you sign your children up for Disney, they have you for life. Um, And it's, (laughs) uh, it's amazing how good they are at marketing.
1: I I think that's fine. That's the, that's the good intentions that we're hoping for, right? Um, The problem with the policing part of it is, yeah, they have your, your um your retinas yeah they may have your fingerprints but people there are still people in jail black and brown people in jail right now for crimes they didn't commit you know uh Uh, at a at a larger majority than anybody else is is yeah and i
3: i um uh,
1: they're not using that technology to help those people get free unless they can find the right lawyers to help them do that they're not just being altruistic and finding you know we have the right, we have the right fingerprints now. Let's get this person out. That's not happening without yeah. some public outcry and, you know, kind of a, 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 public humiliation to get that person, the justice that they deserve.
0: Yeah, and, and a really good lawyer. Um, there, there are a couple of yeah. things. I, I want to wrap up with this, um, before we, we, we uh, run out of time. One is, is, you know, the only, um, I, I did see one instance Alexis access to talk directly about the insurrection. Um, there was a couple of folks who were digitally um, identified because they were not allowed to fly back home the very next day, right? So that, uh-huh. And that's the only instance. Uh, that's the only story I've got about that. But I did see that one, right? Uh-huh. Um, but there are a number of um, entertainment venues throughout the country that have used this. And Casino different... Municip- yeah, yeah uh, um, you know, stadiums and, and, and uh, music uh, facilities local jurisdictions are starting to pass laws against this. Uh, I'm aware of at least two um, stadiums. Um, I'm going to try to see, (laughs) make sure how I say this, because I can't exactly say where they are. They had to remove the facial recognition cameras because of the local laws that had changed, right? One thing I will point out here to to our our friends and and neighbors who are not in this country, uh, primarily those of you that live in the EMEA, when you come into this country, you're no longer under GDPR right? Uh, and I want to point that out here. This would be in violation of GDPR, right? Uh, at least the way that, that it's it's written, and at least this way, the way that the information out, is out there now. My two cents is that I think that eventually the United States government will pass something similar. California already has, and I'll point out the fact that this is at Disney World, not at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to note as well. Um, all right, y'all. Uh this one went, went long, but I, I love the, the the, conversation so I appreciate your time. Alexis, thank you so much. Uh how do people get a hold of you uh or PRG?
1: Uh you can get ahead of a hold of me on uh LinkedIn or Twitter, Alexis Lebroy, L-A-B-R-O-I. All right, very good. Mr.
3: McGinnis. thank you, sir. Always nice to be here, Tim. And uh and uh I really appreciate uh uh Alexis said every every time I speak with uh, Alexis I learn something and uh uh, and and it's it's fantastic and thank you for that um I'm looking down to my right because that's where your picture is on my screen (laughs) uh the uh so I'm uh, at Brock McGinnis uh at Twitter that's an easy place to get a hold of me um I also have a new email address uh Brock at nationwideav.com uh which is exciting for me good for you
0: I'm very happy I'm uh, very happy for you, sir. Uh, uh, also, uh, Mr. Junkus, how do people get a hold of you or Extron?
2: Extron.com around the world, or uh, you can catch me on LinkedIn if you'd like. But Tim, thanks for having me again. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Um, before I, I give you mine, and don't follow me on the Twitters at this point, I am crying, bawling the fact that the Bears have done to us what they do darn near every three to four years and promise us a decent quarterback and then sign. I'm not even going to say his name.
3: Have you said uh, that on all 501 episodes? Yes. Just saying. <laughs> I
0: actually have. I have said, don't follow me on Twitter. Um, and that's exactly what the other next thing i was going to say. Um, last week, my, my family and friends surprised me with, with a, a party and a bunch of stuff on our 500th episode. So thank you so much. And thank you to everybody. Brock. Brock. Congratulations. Uh, yeah.
1: Thank
0: you. So, thank you. Um, but I want to point something and put a spotlight on somebody who doesn't get one very much. And that is our, our producer, Mitchell Tulin. Um, Mitchell is, is, um, is uh, quiet. Um, he is, he's, he's typing. He's sending me a message saying no. Uh, well, I'm still talking, so you can't stop me. Uh, you could edit this out if you'd like. Yeah, this is getting cut. Um, but he took it on himself. Um, I was not going to do anything. It's just my own personality. I was going to say, thanks for listening for 500 episodes and this is it. Um, But he reached out to a number of industry people, most of which he didn't know, uh, which is also out of his comfort zone uh, and just did a kick butt job. Um, He's a talented, talented producer. He's a talented, talented, uh, very, very creative editor. uh, And I just wanted to to highlight him uh, and to say thanks to him. So thank you very much. Now, whether or not you cut this is entirely up to you but I will be listening. So, um, but yeah, thanks so much, Mitchell. I appreciate it. And, and everybody that, that he was able to connect with. Uh, now, uh, for our website, avianation.tv, that's avianation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others, including uh, a number of really great um, uh, monthly ones, We've been highlighting uh, women in the AV industry for this entire month of March. Uh, so check those out. We highlighted a bunch of, of wonderful people of color in the month of February. So check those out as well. Um, and um, our buddy, Matt Scott does the residential side of AV. Uh, so you can check him out on a weekly basis and also check out our sponsors, people like Extron. Uh, we thank them for their support. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV week.